2.0. Yep. Our second second episode of the day. So, uh, resident political scientist, also uh, another one of the many guests that come on this show is a longtime jiu-jitsu practitioner, Chris Hausnick. Uh, you would be the 50 fourth episode of life unravel i believe we did a, a music unraveled and two after the shows uh in the last couple of days and i got another life unravel guest coming in here in a bit yeah. but um well what's new man what, what no. uh you, you kind of had some specifics that you wanted to uh, riff on today so oh uh, yeah we we're um we've been talking about you know you know i teach political science politics Politics is about rules, establishing rules. People don't like rules. I've been talking about that a lot. What do you no. think about that idea? Well, no, they they don't. But I think the um, rules are made to be interpreted. Yes, and, that's a that's a better way to, to say <laughs> yeah. it than broken. No, but um, rules shape people's behaviors. And the trouble is, like, people say, well, this rule is fair, this rule is unfair. For most rules, there's no actual such thing. Yeah. It's it's the interaction between rules and people's behaviors. Um, you set up the rules, and then people... Do you teach a class like a, a political behavior? Is that something I you were did. just telling me about? Um, I touch on it. I teach comparative government, where you take all the things you do in American government, and you reapply them to the other countries of the world. How do interest groups operate in China? How does economic policy work in Japan? You know, I'm very model UN-ish. Yeah, but it, it gives you because you know things that we assume, etc. You know, don't always work. You know, like many of the forces will be in countries that you wouldn't expect, but they operate in a wildly different way. You know, like media in a authoritarian country. You know, is there media in North Korea? Yeah, but, you know, the state owns it all and, you know, creates its message. But I was thinking about this because um, we're getting into election season. Yeah. And elections have rules. And people, there's all, every election, you know, novel prediction about November 5th or 6th of 2020, whoever wins and whoever loses, the losing side will want to get rid of the electoral college system. That's becoming such a more prominent thing that's but, in discussion, right? Is is people being critical of that process? Uh, yeah. I've been hearing about it more and more the last couple of elections, and then well, I hear, I've heard about just like recharting, like what I know about political history. I don't know if that's yeah. always been something people complain about, but it complains when the will of when the majority of voters vote for somebody else. And that was now this has happened in history before. Um Al Gore was the was the one that comes back. You know, Al Gore beats W um nationwide by I think it was about three or four hundred thousand votes. It wasn't you know, of a hundred and thirty million voters, it wasn't a huge number. Um but more people voted for him. He loses the Electoral College. 2016 got people thinking about it because um, Hillary Clinton got to new levels of irrelevance. She destroyed, I mean, she beat, you know, President Trump um, popular vote by close to three million. Because of the re I mean, she ran up the score in places like California. Yeah, but it's she still only gets the same number of electoral college votes, mm -hmm. um, and people there's um, there's places where they mess with this five thirty eight uh, this website, um, 
I think it's owned nominally by Disney. I guess it is actually owned by you know it's, it's part of it was part of ABC, ESPN. So it may be they may be owned. You know, five thirty eight political forecasting is also owned by Star Wars. But um, the guy Nate Silver's his name. He is a data nerd. But he is also very. He's the one who predicted the outcome the most. They mess with models of this. It's like you know how far in what circumstance could you manipulate with how big of a gap can you mathematically win the popular vote but still lose the electoral college and i think you get to a point where you may be able to manage to lose by like you know 15 to 20 million votes um but part of it is okay so we go to the national popular vote well people aren't just automatically going to campaign the same they're going to go okay new rules new approach um like the one thing the electoral college does is it actually pushes down voter turnout uh, it pushes actually pushes it down in California. It pushes it down in Arkansas, you know. But it's a rule set. Why do you think it pushes it down? Just because people don't think that the popular vote matters as much because that system exists. All right, I want you to assume. Let's say it's Bernie Sanders. You're feeling the burn. You're going to vote Bernie, and you're in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. What's the odds that Bernie wins Arkansas? Pretty damn low, man. Yeah, we got a big drain the swamp sign right out here on I forty. Yeah, but you got. Yeah, so, but that works. Here's the thing. So, as a as a Bernie supporter, that's not gonna. You're not going to the polls because wow, I need to find three or four hundred thousand of my closest friends. Not gonna happen. Yeah. But here's the trouble. Let's say you are full. Make America great again. You got the hat. You're the one who put the billboard up. You mentioned. You're pretty certain President Trump's going to win Arkansas. So either way, you're staying home. Yeah true that like and then, that's such a growing perception is that your vote doesn't matter yeah but it, so and you can point to probably at least 30 u.s states where that's the case the south except for me i think it, uh georgia's starting to come to crack loose a little bit um would you call that like voter sectionalism yeah it's you have some state like they talk about red states blue states and purple states some states are just so deep red and so deep blue you know like trump will not spend a single dollar in california in california he's gonna lose in monumental ways so and you know what happens is because of the electoral college vote you compete in the 15 or 20 states where you might actually be able to win this is those, um, you know, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Virginia, Florida, North Carolina. Um, in those states, yeah, then you that's where you campaign. That's where you spend your money. That's where you do all the fighting stuff like that. Um, if you went so you change the rules, so you get rid of the Electoral College nationwide popular vote. That's when you would have everybody, every vote, every place matters so it doesn't matter you know basically if you want to win the election you got to get more people in a dozen states if you're the democrat you got to push back where trump won in those that rust belt i hate the term but it will stick with what everybody's using why is it called that um michigan ohio pennsylvania you know you're the historian that was the industrial heartland of the oh yeah that's what i figured yeah the big steel mills of a century ago um but they've they've been gone and a lot of those places have um modernized michigan still hit pretty hard by it you know the auto industry moving south yeah 
stuff like that. Um, but if you're gonna if you're running with the electoral college, you're running really hard at 15 states, and that's it. Once you, um, if it's a full nationwide vote, every vote doesn't matter where it is, you're gonna go find it. You know, you get somebody from you know Mountain Home. That one vote from Mountain Home is just as important as that one vote from so, California. So, you're, are you an advocate for this, um, or do you think this is just kind of um, something that may happen, or is it just something that's being talked about? It's a common complaint. Every time, I think the trouble is the last two times it's happened, it's because the Democrat has lost. You hear the Democratic Party say it a lot. Um, but it, it's a thing. You change the rules and people adapt to it. Like the example, if we, um, you know, we were using in jujitsu, you had this big super fight a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Gordon Ryan agrees to fight this big wrestling guy and he says, okay, you know, side rules. We're going to have the super fight, uh, no pulling guard, and no leg locks. Gordon Ryan, you know, I think it's taken down a couple of times, but he eventually, you know, takes ownership and wins, you know. So what happened? Well, Gordon Ryan's a smart dude. You know, he goes, okay, here's the rule set. I'm going to, my camp's going to be different. Uh, you know, I will bet you um, that Gordon Ryan, you know, if he spends a third of his camps usually doing, you know, takedowns and a third of everything else and a third leg locks, he probably went, I'm going to do 70% of my, you know, this is a wrestler. I'm doing 70% of my camp takedowns and my usual 30% everything else. You know, he it changed his behavior, and you probably got to the same outcome anyway. Yeah, and it's a different strategy, but it's just it's it's still within the same realm. Yeah, you would. It, I think it would, if it were a nationwide popular vote, it would bring more people to vote for presidents. You wouldn't get this, which is important. We yeah. want that. We want. Like I, I've been just thinking and talking more about civic duty. Oh yeah, you know, and how important that is, and how for the reasons we're discussing it is often not exercised by mm -hmm. so many people oh yeah well we've been talking um 2019 as it winds away was the the year of the casino in russellville and pope county mm -hmm. um we've got elected officials who are making multi-million dollar decade-long decisions um but if you look at how many votes county judges get how many votes the Russellville mayor gets? I want to say the a typical Russellville mayor election, you're only getting maybe 20% of eligible voters to go out to actually... Yeah, it's super low. Yeah. It's like graduation rates at college. It's yeah, but it's like... Way lower than you think it would be for people. Oh, yeah. But it's like... You, this person is going, you know, at this moment in time is going, is making big decisions for, that are going to affect everybody for better or for worse for the next two, you know, two or three decades. And, you know, most people, the majority of people are sitting at home, you know, shrugging their shoulders or not engaging. And getting mad just the same. Oh, yeah. Getting frustrated, mm -hmm. uh, you know, getting sucked into. You know, it's like why I go to St. Mary's uh, when I'm seeing these Netflix commercials we were talking about earlier, but it's like Fox News and CNN side by side. <sighs> and it's just like, you, you, it, that's why I love the audiobooks and stuff because I just go there and I try not to really look at it. Um, but it's just, and it, it, it's like, it's in your face on every TV and they have TVs in like every room down there. So oh, yeah. Like, oh, man. 
but um, but they don't put ESPN on them. Uh, yeah, no one. The, one of the TVs upstairs does have like ESPN as well, but um, that's where you go work out. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So, do you think there was any? Uh, you know, I've heard this on both sides: the Russian collusion, as well as um, that Hillary Clinton had done like vote tampering in different ways not saying i'm i'm not pushing any of those theories but i heard like alex jones oh god was pushing i he did on joe rogan's podcast but he was pushing the idea that um these electronic voting machines that hillary's campaign had hacked into him and then you have the russian collusion thing on the trump side but it's just like talk about eroding faith and the the process it's like oh oh, man do you think any of that actually went on um I think at least the actions and intent went on. Um, on both sides? In, uh, for the general election, I'm not sure. For the like for the primaries, one of the things that came out, and um, it's still... It is clear the Democratic Party did not like um, Bernie. Bernie's candidacy. Yeah. And the degree of which they undermined it there's enough that they probably, you know, they did not play a neutral party in that race. That's, I think that's a good way to put it. They definitely played favorites. They shared information. Bernie Sanders still came pretty good, pretty close to defeating one of the big political machines of our era. Um, he did. So, but that, so there's the questions on the Democratic side. And on the Republican side, okay, there's a general election, but it was at least at a minimum the Russian intent for Trump to win. Where, where, uh, where, do, you, where do you, um, where, where is that source? Where do you see that? Uh, the social media bots. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Flooding yes. Tr- Twitter and Facebook with fake followers and spreading misinformation. Troll farms. Yeah. Yeah. But here's, here's the trouble I keep running into. That is what we know. That's a symptom. We know what they did, the why. Um, that's where I'm not as part of it is like, you know, um, you know, people have always said, well, Trump might be easier to manipulate or this, that or the other thing. But also there it may just be personal. Like, you know, I've read, you know, um, Vladimir Putin hates Hillary Clinton because when she was secret, yeah, when she state. Yeah, there was a lot of time. He's, you know, when you talk about sort of toxic masculinity, he's pretty high up on that possibility Did he rides a bear across the river man yeah and he's a judo bite belt yeah i know um but it's there is lots of stories where you know the u.s and russia were not getting along and it was hillary clinton who was the one who was telling you know vladimir we're going to oppose you we're going to stop you that sort of thing so um that becomes this weird you know it is I, I don't think you can argue that it, the Russians had intentions to influence the election. How much... Here's the problem. At all, how much influence did they have? You know? Yeah, you think they were just trying to F with our process. They didn't oh, yeah. really care who yeah. did what. Like you, just you, trying to... You brought up one of the key concepts. There's... I wish... If you want a course we really need is political psychology. Mm, that'd be interesting. Because... Who would po- teach that? Uh, like a political <laughs> scientist or a psychologist? Uh, probably, yeah, probably would lean more psychology, be a subset of their universe. But because part of it is we have for government to work, you have to have faith. You have to trust. And one of the trouble you're running into is a lot of institutions don't have a lot of that going around right now. Yeah, for real. And, you know, it, 
basically a lot of what Russia is doing, and they do this, they've done part of the reason I believe what Russia intended. They've been caught doing it in a lot of foreign countries. Um, France caught them um, like red handed, like two or three weeks before a presidential election. Oh, and, and that too, they have been a little open about it. Like I, yeah. I remember listening to this interview and people were like asking Putin, like, why are you doing this? And he's like, don't act like you guys don't do it too. Oh yeah. That was his response. He's oh. like, we're doing it cause you guys are doing it. Yeah. Like everybody's doing it. This is a well, little weird. Yeah. Uh, the U S CIA got involved in European elections in the late forties and early fifties. You know, we actively, Oh, the, I think it was the Italian communist party looked like it was going to win in like, you know, the early fifties. Like, Nope, we're fixing, we're fixing that election. Man, that's that sort of one. Stuff, those so, those sort of things end up be there. There end up being power vacuums, regime change wars. I, oh yeah, man. Has there been an attempt at installing democracy by a Western nation in either an underdeveloped or a previously developed country that worked long term in contemporary eras? Yes. That we uh, not necessarily. I just say just a a Western. Beca- I mean, because I can't think that of it, you we, know. that the West put in place. No, some have gone that way themselves. Um, I'm thinking like, okay, the the big ones, the spread of democratic idealists. They always point to like Germany and Japan. Well, like you know, they're, they're also pretty industrialized, educated. Um, you know, Japan's two decades of war and Japan's two world wars. You know, kind of self. You know self-enlightenment there i'm thinking some of the east i was trying i'm trying to think about how i would categorize some of like the east asian states mm. um south korea but south vietnam's eh, vietnam still pretty far behind like south korea has been pretty democratic for maybe 20 or 30 years i mean it's um but they maybe you know they were i mean they were propped up by the u.s yeah, yeah. Well, so and I mean that just that being the theme shared by yeah, but I don't, pretty I much don't, that whole region was a military dictatorship for a minute after under MacArthur after the uh, after the Korean after, War. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, after World War uh, Two, really. Yeah, well, uh, Korea, you know, lost. Korea was split into zones. Was Korea over in fifty three? Is that when? Yes. Okay. But yeah, spreading, that's always um, one of the things I teach is a lot of things. People want like the penicillin of world politics. How do I fix terrorism? How do I fix weapons of mass destruction? How do I fix economic development? How do I spread democracy? Um, They want one answer to 200 plus countries. And there's never been and probably never will be such a solution. Yeah, everything's got local issues. I agree. Uh, uh, culture, yeah. nationalism, oh, yeah. all of these things play such a big it, factor. I was um, a good one. To, if you want to really get into current Japanese political culture, it's a very different. I think it'd be very hard for Americans to understand. It's so completely different from where we're at now. In what ways? Um, it's very cooperative. If there are disagreements, they are absolutely positively not in public. Or they, but they throw each other with Tomonagi. Yeah, that too, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Remember that video? The dudes just oh, yeah. like, like they like get into it on their like parliament floor or whatever yeah. it is, and he's like, "Dude, I'm just about to Tomonagi your ass." There's, like, um, I think, Foreign Policy Mag. I don't know when I shared it, but there's Foreign Policy Magazine had a a gallery pictures of the ten most unruly parliaments 
and that was yeah that was on there but that was kind of tame people like um there was one in uh i think southeast asia it might have been um taiwan or um somebody pulled a ch- basically there was a protest they barricaded the doors to like the parliament somebody brought a chainsaw to parliament and started chainsawing doors down um, wow did the, uh, the one to always watch russian and um ukrainian parliaments there is so much basically imagine 600 males a whole lot of vodka um yeah, there's some serious fist fights and just beatdowns. Wow. Well, I joke about it. Uh, the old boxer, the heavyweight Vladimir Klitschko, I think he's mayor of Kiev. And it's like, what a perfect... That's exactly who you need, you know, as a professional politician and such. Somebody as, that won't... Like, somebody, it, here's a real beatdown. Yeah, like <laughs> you won't say disrespectful shit to him, too. Like Danielle was talking about that when she was on about people just like being rude is all get out. Oh, but yeah. It's just like, A... Like, so many people talk to women that way. Mm-hmm. And um, B, people are just, like, when it comes to these types of issues, are a lot more, you know, whether it's a political issue or oh, yeah. to do with your business or anything like that. Yep. Um, what are you thinking about the 2020 election? What's going to be different? What's, what are oh, some of your thoughts? I'm just bracing to starting getting into it. Um, I took fall, fall of ni- 2019. I've, I didn't do a lot into it because part of it is we all know, you know, President Trump is the Republican nominee. Easy enough. Um, there were so many Democrats. I didn't want to waste my time. Oh, long. yeah. There was like, you know, when you're having two debates and you've got, I think, 15 or 16 people running. I'm like, do I really what are we want- down to now? I want to say you're on your fingers. I want to say you got eight or nine. Which is Tulsi still in? I think so. Tulsi. So I think she's going to team up with somebody. Then you got Yang. I can then see you got that. Warren. And then yeah. you've got uh, Bernie and Joe Biden. Yep. Right. Is Joe Biden weird? Uh, yeah. But you all, also forget you've got, there's two others. Um, Julian Castro. Um, he's a... Uh, he has an unfortunate last name to be running for American political. Spots. Yeah, but but he's a uh, he's Hispanic out of Texas. Um, he was a I think he did a couple of terms in Congress, but he did a, he was another he was in the Obama administration. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, I do. Remember. Cory Booker's just... a senator out of New Jersey, African American fellow. Um, but they, he's they're all in the same boat like Tulsi is, like they're stuck in that permanent one percent. Yeah, but they could be potential VP candidates. Oh yeah, isn't it crazy how when Hillary is running, I never knew who her vp was i think i still make fun of her um when i explain in, in my presidential in my elections lecture um in american history you pick there's vice presidents are chosen they're not elected but you choose them for tactical reasons um the republicans have ch- had chosen vice presidents the last couple of cycles to support to shore up their own party support particularly either tea party or evangelicals but when I st- when I look at you know uh, Tim Kaine was his name senator from Virginia when I when Hillary picked him it's like I'm still like what the huh yeah you know what did I didn't he, even know who it was you know it's like what do you bring to the table I didn't see his name on any of her signs oh no I literally went like into that election 
not knowing who, who was on the ticket with her. No clue. And I like you, I like I looked it up and I think you told me about it because we had this conversation because that wasn't how she was campaigning. There was no big announcement about who her yeah. VP was going to be that I was charting. And like, that's something like, I guarantee you when Bernie, if say Bernie gets, uh, wins the primary or whatever, that he will be all oh, teaming up with Tulsi or I'm teaming up with somebody and that'll be a big announcement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you, who do you see getting the bid for the Democratic Party <laughs> out of these ones that we just mentioned? I mean, it's uh, going to be one of those five. It's not. I don't think it's going to be Tulsi. I think it's going to come down to Biden and Bernie. Yeah. Um, and then you. I could see Warren or Yang or Tulsi being a VP on either one of their tickets. Yeah. Uh, don't forget Buttigieg. Um, I have a feeling... Um, there's a sort of a weird uh, phenomenon. A lot of the people who win the Iowa caucuses don't win the nomination because he's from because he's from and this is for both parties um, because he's from the Midwest and he's a lot more local to Iowa. I could see Buttigieg winning the Iowa caucuses gives him a bump, but it doesn't get him to the nomination. Um, it's going to be a long get comfortable. It's going to be a long debate. I would not be surprised if it's not decided by. Like they go into a contested uh, Democratic convention. Could yeah, could the party split? I don't. Has that ha- that hasn't happened since the Civil War? Has it? Mm, no, but remember when Stephen oh, Douglas and they okay. split the Democratic Party along sectional lines over the issue of popular sovereignty? That was the like one of the things that got us in the Civil War. At least who is thrown into the pool? I don't think so. Don't forget Michael Bloomberg. He jumped. <laughs> God help us all. Um. But I don't think the trouble is the party. There's not enough separate, distinct, effective blocks of the party. If there were more space, but if Joe, like if there were a lot of bigger differences between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, if Bernie Sanders was really even more, you know, socialistic, like he's, you know, yes, we're going to nationalize health care, we're going to nationalize these companies, that sort of stuff. Maybe I don't think there's enough. You need like ideological space, and you need like, everybody needs to see it. I don't think there's enough room yet. Um, I think the biggest problem, you know, the way the Democratic Party is set up again, going back to the electoral, the party nominations work on the exact same system electoral college does. You compete in state events. You get so many votes from each state, and they pick the party's nominee. The Democratic Party uses proportional representation. So you run in Arkansas. You get 20% of the popular vote. In Arkansas, you get whatever you know 20% of those nominees will be. Um, so if you may wind up with four or five people, nobody gets to 50%, you know, you could start mathematically start mapping it out. Okay, let's see. Joe Biden gets 40%. Bernie Sanders gets 35 um, So, God, I got to do math now. Um, somebody else, let's say Yang gets 15 um, Elizabeth Warren gets the last 10 So you got four people. Nobody's got a majority. It's at the party convention. You figure out, okay, who gets to win? How do we make everybody yeah. happy? Yeah, it's the more people you have in the the contest, the more likely that is. Do you think that is going to be a big influence on like all of that uncertainty is going to swing things more Trump's way in the reelection? I think Trump's basically sitting around waiting for the general election. 
I mean, and that's going to, you know, basically imagine, you know, you got one contest in November. You don't got to worry about this the first six months. You don't got to fundraise for it. Um, and I, my, the issue I see is nobody's fixing the problems of 2016. Yeah. Or nobody on top is fixing the problems of still being debated. Just a lot of talking. Well, it's, yeah, but it's what? Why did Hillary Clinton lose? And the easiest, fastest answer is very simple: she did not rally minority voters who are the you know they're a major part of the Democratic Party. She could not, in any way, shape, or form, rally minorities the way Barack Obama did. Or like, yeah, he, Obama, that, minorities, that, young people. Yeah. Well, minorities in particular. American. I mean, yeah. He he trounced everybody. You know, his elections were no doubters. And part of it was he was able to rally, you know, African-American voters and Hispanic voters um, like no Democrat before. And in 2016, not Hillary Clinton. Those areas, they stayed. Here's the trouble. They didn't vote Republican. They stayed at home. Mm-hmm. So imagine, you know, you're you're a you know you're a politician, you're running, and ten percent of your part. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. If you're running for president, and ten percent of your party sits on the couch at home, you're done. Yeah. I don't care how Ronald Reagan himself could come back from the grave. If ten percent of the Republicans now stay at home, he is not getting elected. And that, but here's the trouble I'm starting to run into. I'm looking. You brought him up, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. Joe Biden. Um, who's rallying the Hispanic vote? Who's rallying the African American vote? The answer is none of the none of the top tier candidates are. Yeah. So you're they're walking right unless they've got some magical plan in place. Um, I've seen a lot of the same stuff, uh, and we'll start. To, we're going to start to find out about this when you get into the early primaries, when you see who votes, because that was part of the. Basically, you saw in the primaries when it was Hillary Clinton versus um, Bernie Sanders. African Americans weren't showing up for the primaries; they weren't choosing between those two. Um, you see this with Hispanic Americans, and that that's 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 the thing I look for as a political scientist. You know, we saw what happened in the general election of 2016. But if you look back, you started to see that in January and February and March of 2016. You know, major parts of the Democratic Party decided to stay home in the primaries and nobody fixed it, did anything about it, um, changed outreach, etc. And, you know, that's those are the areas that cost Hillary those six or seven states that lost her the election. You know, you're basically telling um, 30 or 40 percent of the country, you know, I'm not going to try and get you to the votes. I'm not going to try and get you out. You know, that is electorally fatal. Yeah. What do you think about impeachment? How is this uh, going to play out? Is this uh, a lot of people are liking to say this is just a tool to try and shore up uh, the Democratic Party getting elected because uh, to more things to discredit Trump? I've been hearing all these conspiracies oh. about it. Like, it, was the impeachment justified? What are your predictions? Is it going to affect his ele- reelection? Oh, or, or is it going to affect him in the upcoming election? Um. <laughs> Yes. Sorry. Uh, I know that's a complex question, dude. I just wanted to here's the pull way, you on what you thought about here it. Here is the 30-second way I always explain what's going on with impeachment. You've watched enough. Have you watched Law & Order? 
I've seen like uh, almost every episode of SVS stopped about season 20 <laughs> or 22. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, boom, boom. Yeah. But when you watch enough, I watched the original Law and Order when I was growing up and that sort of stuff. They always say it. Basically, you can get a pencil indicted by a grand jury to say there's enough for something to have an actual trial. The House impeaching anybody means there is enough evidence that we should have a trial to discuss this. That's that's what happened. This is what happened with Bill Clinton and the Monica Lewinsky scandal, that he had acted in ways, wasn't truthful about it, lied to Congress. Um, the House found that there was enough evidence that they should have a discussion about this, what had happened, etc. You know, going, I'm not, a, you know, the Andrew Jackson case. That's what the House really is. The Senate's job is to actually hold that trial. Gather, you know, ha- have testimony, gather witnesses, provide the evidence. Um, I, In the Senate, it's a Republican majority, right? Yes. So that's that was always... You could probably vote to impeach President Trump. You could have done it for the last two years. You always had the numeric numbers because the minute the Democrats take the House... You know, Nancy Pelosi becomes, you know, the third most, probably the second most powerful. And she could probably, you know, she could. It's like uh, the one I always say is John Boehner's Republicans. He was the Republican Speaker of the House during President Obama's term. He voted to repeal Obamacare 50 times. They controlled the House. You know, not one, very few Democrats were for it. But it went nowhere. Why? Because, you know, at that point, uh, Democrats still controlled the Senate. Mm-hmm. That was, that didn't last. That was only like two years. Um, but Nancy Pelosi could have could have impeached President Trump, you know, once a month, every month for two years. Chose not to. Just trying to build more. Or is this the first justifiable thing? Um, it's a, I think to her mind, and at least I think it's about evidence. Um, a lot of what you're seeing, and I think the way I describe it, people don't get in trouble for crimes. They get in trouble for cover-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you start to hear about this person's hiding things, deleting files, like how many times do we hear about Hillary Clinton's email servers? Fortunately, not much lately. Not but, much lately. But man, yeah. yes, I know. But yeah, so that was a 2016 version, and now we've got... Um, communications with a foreign country, talking the possibility about going after a current political rival. And then when you're starting, you know, when you start to order people to lie, when you are the recording of said um, phone call is on a secret server, you know, locked in the White House. Um, there is... It, it doesn't. Let me put it away. At least it doesn't look good. Um, but it's you know the crime itself is one thing. But it's you know if history's told us something, it's when people start covering their tracks. That's when the the heavy real crimes yeah. start. I mean that's what you know Nixon's orders a break into the Watergate hotel, and it's all the cover ups and lies and firings. Well, and, you know in well, the process, Reagan got out ahead of things and apologized, but on national television for that. Yeah, incident that came up with him. Do you think that's what saved him? Uh, he also had people who took the fall. Um, he did. He did end up. He actually the, lied this, on national television. Oliver North um, was it uh, Poindexter? I think 
for those, this is the Iran-Contra affair. Yes. He had his his National Security Council. Some of the advisors were actively running operations when they were supposed to be advising and coordinating. Broke, you know, it violated congressional orders. You know, don't, you know, don't sell stuff to the Iranians when we're selling stuff to the Iranians. Um, funneling money, you know, ignoring a whole bunch of congressional orders. Um, I think you had people who took, effectively took the fall you know you've got those people you know i think many were either um i don't know if they were pardoned furloughed etc later on but there was there was accountability people went to jail um but yeah i think part of it was that you know um reagan did try to get out in front of it he realized i think he realized he'd lost um, there is some debate about how much Reagan knew during it, like at the moment. Yeah. Because he was always, presidents have different approaches. Reagan's was always a little more hands-off. Versus, uh, versus, you know, talking with everybody about everything all the time. Um, I was trying to, Nixon and Lyndon Johnson were both micromanager presidents. They were really down into the details and the little nitty-gritty. Um, whereas Reagan was much more... Um, let the bureaucrats do their thing. So I know, like, when I've read about, like, Reagan and Iran-Contra, there's pretty considerable debate and discussion about how much he knew, um, when he knew it, that sort of thing. Um, so, because it's a different... You have different reactions and different thoughts about this. If it's, well, did he, if he orders these guys to violate Congress, you have a very different interpretation. Well, they were operating behind his back. He should have known... Or he should have had more control over these guys. You know, it's still not right, but you have a different reaction to what and how a president should have deal with it. Um, but it's also it's not the digital age. It's now where you can you know tens of thousands of emails and yeah. That's which which man makes it so hard to sift through too the time I mean yes we can we have more access but the time it takes like in the number of pages some of these oh, documents yeah. are and the, the number of emails and like uh, somebody broke down a stat like you could get this many people reading these for this amount of time and uh, compiling the information in this way and it would still take this many months oh yeah I remember I I tell my students that uh, when we get to I forget it's in one of my upper level classes we talk about the Pentagon Papers and we talk about you know the leaking of those they took they they smuggled 7,000 pages of documents out mm-hmm. you know this whole classified diplomatic history of all the lies of the Vietnam era this is 7,000 you know you tell you today 7,000 pages is nothing today but you go, this is 7,000 pages of the mimeograph and me and the copier machine era. That's a lot of paper. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of physical stuff you're trying to move. Whereas today, like I remember the big WikiLeaks download was 270,000 emails. And it's like, yeah, I mean, the Pentagon Papers would take, you know, eight seconds today in today's era. Uh, but you're right. It's going, finding a way to comb through it all. You know, you're doing keyword searches. Yeah. Let's Google search for, you know, whatever word. How many times does the word Taiwan come up? Yeah. Going through them all. Well, like the Mueller report, all that stuff. It's like the, the, the amount of people that we're going to have 
It's like along the same lines of what you're talking about with the popular vote. It's like the number of people that are going to go read that mm-hmm. is very, very low. Oh, yeah. And um, if the people lead that, read that, are they more likely or less likely to go vote? Yeah. You know, so. Well, it's, yeah, there's the actual, here's the trouble is you have the actual, think of it like a, the, you have a criminal justice case of impeachment and now you're, that's done. You're going to have the criminal justice trial for removal from office that's coming up here this spring those are events but then there's also how they are manipulated for political advantage or disadvantage president trump is going to use the impeachment as a political weapon against the democrats whoever the democratic nominee is he will say you know novel prediction that the democratic party means to destroy me they will do anything. Vote for me if you vote. That sort of thing. That's I've heard that so much, and I just oh, yeah. refer to them as conspiracies. But because if, it's but just, if gosh. yeah, but if you're if you're let's say you're Joe Biden, or um, let me suck on your finger. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're the you're the candidate, and you're going to say, look, with you know this, the president's corrupt. The House found him guilty of crimes. Uh, the Senate chose not to remove him. The only way to get rid of him is to send me money and help me vote him out of office. So there's what actually transpires in all those. Well, man, I haven't been. But it's I only see Bernie's shit. Mm-hmm. I don't see like oh, only been, Joe Biden stuff. I see is bad. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's like Joe Biden's down on against marijuana. Joe Biden's sucking on his wife's finger during his... Joe Biden's got kids in the pool playing with his leg hair. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Joe Biden's touching kids. Like... There's there's a funny thing. Don't be... A, in either party for a lot of times, don't be a front runner. Like, the front runner, a lot of times in elections, they become like this lightning rod. The best place to run is a lot of times... You want to be in second place until, like... February 1st because that the what happens um, the, all the spotlights turn on the front runners I do a lot of this I talk about it in uh, the Republicans I'm trying to think it might have been 2012 uh, or no 2016 you had a big field of Republicans but the one thing you saw in a lot of in 2015 um, was a lot of these front runners all of a sudden a spotlight comes on them and then all the warts come out so it's like if you can run just behind the it's like running a long distance race we're going to run a marathon i'm going to draft the front runner for like 22 miles and then they're going to they're going to fade i'm going to i'm going to still be fresh i'll pass them and finish and win easily yeah um but you saw this i'm trying to think of all the people oh rick perry is one he's at a he was the energy secretary he's out of texas former governor uh, he's wound up at the front of the pack once in a while just he can't he's not good enough on a national stage to stay there um oh herman kane the godfather's pizza guy the african-american out of georgia um he got to the front and then oh by the way he's had affairs and all this sort of yeah. stuff you know things like that you, you saw a lot of this um people coming you know pulling out of the pack and then you know the candidacy falls apart and somebody steps through so yeah you know if i if i let me put it this way if i am bernie sanders i'm running a nice good second place solid second place behind joe um i think that's for right now that's maybe where i want to be yeah yeah you know because like you said 
the weirdness. Uh, he was he had to do see. I I just caught the headlines. That's as far as you know. It's Christmas vacation. I check some headlines. It's rare I dig deep. Oh, it's been a weird. Time. But he he's, he's walking back something he said yesterday. You know, it's like Joe Biden just you know um can't get it out of his own way. Yeah, but if you're, did, if, yeah. if you're all these and that that's part of the problem. If Joe Biden would suddenly drop out that democratic field gets really interesting fast yeah because part of it is like um if some of these smaller candidates like you brought up if tulsi would step out or the two i brought up that's only like one percent of all the voters it's not gonna really change anything yeah but if you're the front runner and you know you've got a third or 40 percent of all the democrats who were supporting you have to make a new decision that's a lot of play. That's where you may see somebody like a Tulsi could skyrocket. Yang could get into the top tier. Things like that. That's they're really the sort of thing that would shake up the field in a dramatic way. But it's going to be a long spring semester. Just because watching, you know, I teach American government every semester. And really, once the semester begins, you're getting into votes. And so it's going to be every Tuesday, every Thursday when we come into class. Tuesday's election day. So by Thursday, you'll know who won the Iowa caucuses, who's won in New Hampshire primaries, who's yeah. dropped out. You know, this field is going to develop. I mean, you realize, you know, 15 weeks and, you know, even five minutes of class, you just burn an hour of your 30 you know, um, that you meet. Yeah. And so. Man, we'll have to but, be, be thinking about some of those pivotal um <laughs> blips yeah in the in the political the, uh, spectrum and we'll, we can do some the, more episodes on that i would say spring break because that'll be really you know mid to late march because that'll be right after super tuesday you know you've got the early primaries yeah you go uh this is not so you go iowa caucuses new hampshire primaries i think south carolina primaries next and uh nevada those four are always first they're the first contests Super Tuesday is a big one. I think it's a, well. They also call it the SEC primary. It's a lot of the South, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee. I think Georgia, et cetera. All those you know, good Southern football places. Yeah, about twelve states. By then, that field is going to those fields are going to drop for the Democrats. That and that's kind of been by design. But I think this year you may you're going to get you'll be able to the goal. My prediction is by Super Tuesday you're going to be down to about five. You know, they still all may be very active, um, but that's where you're going to be. That's when you start getting a feel for what's going on. Yeah. You know, by then, you know, President Trump will be easily renominated, barring divine intervention, you know. Or impeachment, I guess. Right. No, no, that should be. Well, yeah, we'll probably know what the hell's going on with that, at least. Yeah. Had a trial, that sort of stuff. But, uh, yeah, there's, you know. You could do so. That's that's one clear one. I would say probably late May, you'll have you know you'll know exact all the contests are over about like June first. And you got debates. Uh, the deba- debates will be over, but you got that's when you'll know who the the nominee is. You know what percentage of the votes they got, that sort of stuff. Of course, you know um, first weekend after the first Tuesday in November, how the election turned out. Yeah. So we'll do them all. Uh, 
yeah strange and interesting time to be alive uh let's let's go ahead and wrap it up but i man i really appreciate you uh coming on and educating me and the listeners (laughs) it is nice to have like a resident guy yeah that is can comment on local state federal uh so always uh thanks for coming on the show man well thanks for having me yeah uh well uh that'll be it guys um got uh some other exciting episodes i know you got the missus on this week yep finally finally got things worked out with her uh we've got a a rise of skywalker review we're gonna do uh, before people on the podcast it's coming tuesday but man i've been doing so many podcasts over the break i've had to start scattering them out and scheduling them they're all i'm putting all the audio up Mm -hmm. like pretty fast but the videos i'm scheduling out on uh facebook and youtube yeah i've seen the reminder starting to pop up yep so but man uh, i have just like a couple other than the ones we did today i left to edit and i uploaded danielle's while we were here and (laughs) was doing a couple of things so but man uh thanks so much for coming on and we'll uh, always look forward to having you back all right thanks for having me signing off